Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. American Dark Ages. Not only are we witnessing a government practice fascism, government supremacy, and the rule of tyranny in a way that no one ever thought was possible on these shores. It is somehow controversial to reject the idea that your race is somehow a quality. Your race is not a resume booster. Your race is not an asset, nor should it ever be in any true just society. So the idea that this was even in practice in the year 2023 is the most outrageous thing that this country's ever really dealt with, that we cannot pick our head out of our ass long enough to understand the principles of right and wrong. Why in the world would anybody get an admission to anything because of their race? That is the definition of racism, you idiots. Supreme Court strikes down the use of affirmative action in college admissions. This is a big ruling, and it means colleges can no longer consider race a factor when deciding who admit to their schools. It was a 63. Why would they? Why in the world would they ever consider that as a factor of admission? That's truly outrageous. And it reminded me of something I uh, heard long and long ago because I love to study history. I love it. And I remember of a controversial figure at the time, somebody who was killed by his own organization, ironically enough, along with some questionable FBI investigations. However, I remember what Malcolm X said. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to, but the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling and taking for a friend. He was talking about Joseph Robinette Biden, one of the only living politicians to hang around with a grand wizard, go to lunch with a grand wizard, celebrate a grand wizard and eulogize a grand wizard by the name of Robert Byrd. The party of the Klan has somehow co-opted the idea of a virtue when it comes to race? The ultimate abuse, the abuse of power. My dad used to say the single worst abuse of all was the abuse of power. Your father was a bust out. Stop quoting that failed fraud. Your family name will go down in the real American history as possibly the greatest traitors 
in American history next to Benedict Arnold. Although I think you've topped him. Benedict Arnold was never the president. In the meantime, what are we really discussing? We cannot let this decision be the last word. We cannot let this decision be the last word. While the court can render a decision, it cannot change what America stands for. No, hey, 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 moron. It's the highest court in the land. Hey, moron. What that means is that any college that practices this form of racism is libel. And it's interesting, the colleges, because the next decision that will come down is on the so-called student loan debt. Now, the beauty is you've allowed so many morons to pretend to be college educated. So many idiots pretend to be lawyers. They can't figure out. You don't give a rip about the students. You're paying yourselves off because the government illegally and wrongfully took a monopoly position on student debt and those kids can't pay it anymore. So you're not giving them the break. You're paying yourself off in a money laundering scheme. But obviously the people who go to college are too stupid to figure that out, that they're just the useful idiots, the pawns of the true racist, of the true fascist, of the true problem in this country, government supremacy. Invited. The Congressional Black Caucus said the Supreme Court has thrown into question its own legitimacy. Is this a rogue court? This is not a normal court. You're not a normal president. You're not. See, you didn't win the election. A. B, you clearly have dementia, not just because of that glazed look on your face and the fact you look like a drunk baby on wet grass when you walk, but the fact of the matter is you're suffering. You can't remember if it's Tuesday or July. Not only that, you're the most obvious bribed politician this country's ever had in any position. You, traitor, are an asset of the Chinese Communist Party and oligarchs around the world. You're destroying this country while enriching them. You're not what's normal, dementia face. You said today, um, and I, I know that you have a lot of power, but I can't imagine you manuf- manufactured the breaking news about the court. You said this court is not normal. Now, you know that Dementia Face Joe is in trouble when they give him that shot of B12 Viagra and Starbucks coffee right into his jugular. So he's got to go do an MSNBC interview right after he just said it was rogue. So let's see how this dimwit with dementia is reads off a teleprompter because this isn't something he's answering on the fly. He's unable to. He has dementia, and everybody knows it. What did you mean? What I meant by that is it's done more to unravel basic rights and basic decisions than any court in recent history. Now, you know, remember in 1987 when he got caught lying about everything, his degrees, you remember this. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. So, ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. He's still a lawyer. He's still a lawyer. He should understand what the Supreme Court is. He should understand what the principles of the Enlightenment and American law is. He either does understand it, and he's a con artist, which is more than possible, or he's simply a moron who never understood it. It's a real toss-up which one this dementia-faced bribe traitor to America is. And uh, that's what I meant by not normal. It's, it's, it's gone out of its way to, I mean, for example, take a look at overruling Roe v. Wade. Take a look at what the decision today. Take a look at how it's, uh, how it's ruled on a number of issues that are, have been precedent for 50, 60 years sometimes. And that's what I meant by it. Precedent is not law. Slavery was precedent. Camps where they put Japanese people was precedent. 
It was precedent of many atrocities. That isn't law. That's a mistake that was corrected. And the idea that this country is still in its intellectual infancy, where the practice of giving somebody something because of their color was something that is somehow scandalous, shows you just how stupid as a nation we are. Well, obviously, we pretend this idiot's our president. Not normal. Can I read you some of your um, appointees' um, yes. dissent? Because um, I think it'll be in the history books along with this. Now, here's my favorite one. We have right now a Supreme Court justice who was put there because of the color of her skin. She is an affirmative action Supreme Court justice. She's not qualified by any means. And she proves it right now. Um, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson said in part, quote, with let them eat cake obliviousness today, the majority pulls the ripcord and announces colorblindness for all by legal fiat. It's colorblindness for all by the rule of law, you dimwit. But it goes to show you that this Supreme Court justice only went to college because of the color of her skin. She sits in a very powerful position because the color of her skin. She is a beneficiary of government supremacy, of the open and notorious racism that put this moron in a very powerful position. But deeming race irrelevant in law does not make it so in life. It's so simple, but right. so right. How, how did the... It's so right. I've said often on this show, people are lucky I'm not black. Because the idea this was the practice would have offended me more than it did Malcolm X. It would have offended me more than it did any human being of character. This is why I hate far more white people than any other race. Because only a white devil could think of Marxism and communism and socialism. Only a white devil could somehow make the practice of open racism seem legitimate. Of course, with the support of many black beneficiaries. How did the six get it so wrong? That's, look, remember the Federalist Society when you were uh, in another administration? In another party, in yes. Another, well, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I do remember the Federalist Society. The Federalist Society is not something bad. The Federalist Society talks about the rule of law the blindfolded rule of justice, the idea of an anti-government supremacy, everything you're against. But then again, it's a wonderful distraction and decoy to talk about what you really are, a traitor to your country. You are an unmitigated traitor, and we've got you. Now the question is, do we have the courage to move forward? Some of us do. In fact, there's an IRS whistleblower by the name of Shapely. So you were clearly prevented. You felt it. You documented it. You knew it. Yeah, that's correct. And, and throughout the investigation, I was documenting uh, various issues as they arose and to include the search warrants that weren't allowed to be done. What happened with that? Between April and June of 2020, we, uh, we drafted an affidavit to execute search warrant in a couple of different locations. And the prosecutors at the time stated that probable cause had been achieved. But as we, we moved closer to the election, um, it just seemed like they kept putting it on the back burner and they eventually didn't allow us to do that. So the racists, the corrupt traitors, known as the upper echelon of the Democrat Party and their apparatchiks, will now use this 
anti-racism judgment by the Supreme Court as cover so that people don't care. You have an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. You have a traitor in the White House. And if that's not bad enough, he clearly, clearly has dementia. But under the trickle-down economic theory, three-quarters of U.S. industries grew more con- consecrated. I mean, No, 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 it's okay, Squirrel. He can't enunciate because the dementia eats his brain like Pritzker and a sub-sandwich. Excuse me, consecrated. I think it- Maybe it's Pritzker and a cookie. Put that cookie down now! Fat slob. I didn't go to mass. They were moving to diminished competition. He's a traitor. He has dementia. And he's an open and notorious racist. Those are all resume builders in the Democrat Party. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You almost have to be taken aback by the open racism of these small-minded government supremacists. Like the Democrat Ro Khanna, ironically an Indian from California. Listen to the contempt he has for American black people. Uh, Congressman, there's plenty of data from California that when the California banned uh, using race as one factor in admissions, the admissions... Pay attention, Squirrel. That's, that's Greenspan's wife, the homely Dustin Hoffman lookalike. And she's worth probably six, seven hundred million. So when somebody like this talks, you pay attention, all right? Even though it's a distraction to have uh, people wonder, how did she get that rich? Of black students, other students of color declined dramatically. Andrea, what isn't being talked about enough is the harm this is going to do for students, not just black and Latino students, but white and Asian American students. Consider students going to Harvard who want to become the future political leaders in this country, the future president, senators, congresspeople. Do you think they're going to have a better chance of doing that and doing that successfully if they're in classes that don't have adequate representation from African Americans and Latinos? Are they going to understand the country? Or think if someone wants to be CEO of Google or Apple in my district. I can tell you from talking to those CEOs how much they have to interact with people in every diverse community. Listen to what this arrogant, elitist fraud has to say about people. As if you can't figure out how to get along with people based on their character. So we have to manipulate every aspect of society. And who's going to do it? Well, this whore is going to do it. This idiot is going to do it. And people who... What, you're not qualified to have life experiences? You have to go to college with somebody of a specific color? See, this is the true definition of absolute and total fascistic racism and manipulation of everything. Not to mention, it does show how so many lawyers are such idiots, such morons. They didn't earn their way there. They were given it because of their skin color. They were beneficiaries of racism. It does explain so much of what we're living through in society today. Michael on the South Side. Hi, Sean. Uh, Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Thanks for making it. I am um, so aggravated at this sh- because what they're saying is that people don't have the common sense 
or the character themselves to navigate life that it has to be done and manipulated by these frauds, these thieves who do nothing but steal the people's money. Oh, I'm in uh, full agreement. You are preaching to the choir. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the Supreme Court did the black community a huge favor. Uh, this ruling should have been done in 1978 uh, when Alan Bakke's uh, uh, when when Alan case came up before the court. Yeah, the fact of the matter is the uh, John Roberts said something com- said made common sense. Uh, affirmative action blatantly violated the 14th Amendment. Of course it does. It's, it, it, it's government racism. And the idea that it was yeah, even tolerated or that it had to go to the Supreme Court shows you how weak of character, weak of intellect the American citizens are. Because they're, they're allowing this to be abnormal practice. And you look at uh, the, 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 the Supreme Court justice. She's not there because she's qualified. She's no legal mind. That is, to me, the greatest insult that you would allow this to happen in this country. And somehow we're supposed to look at her, her words as if they're words of wisdom rather than words of a disgruntled beneficiary of racism. Thank you very much, Michael. It's disgusting. It truly is. And then there's another case that I want you to listen to, because it'll be coming out in the next couple of days. And they're going to wrap this in some form of a virtue shield, when what it really is, it shows you that there are numerous, numerous, numerous people who go to college who don't understand exactly how a basic loan works. The Supreme Court is also expected to hand down uh, new uh, opinions throughout the week, and one of those decisions could determine whether President Joe Biden's $400 billion plan to forgive student loan debt is constitutional. The plan would forgive up to $20,000 in student loans per person. But See, now that's how it's being reported. But what it is, since Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie, unconstitutionally usurped the idea of lending when it comes to higher learning. The government took it over. The problem grew from $600 billion to $1.7 trillion. And now, due to the economy that this imbecile has manipulated and destroyed, the, the controlled demolition of our economy, kids out of college can't work. You can't pay it off. Not to mention, during COVID, they froze it. So now, the interest just, what, sat there? No. It built up. And now the debt is tremendous. But if people went to college because they got there because of their brains they would have figured out the risk of signing a loan but that's not how kids go to college now if the court rules against debt relief a growing number of borrowers might choose not to pay trying to make these payments but they haven't gone anywhere so it it literally is like a hamster wheel you're just going absolutely nowhere welcome to adulthood honey that's what it's like when you borrow money that's why there should be a disclosure yet Student loans are the only loan where there isn't proper disclosure. When you buy a house, there's days and days and weeks and months. When you take a loan for a car, there's pages and pages and pages. But when you go to college, you just sign on a line. And next thing you know, you get all kinds of loans. They take advantage of naivete. They take advantage of a false understanding of virtue. And they bury American citizens in debt, of course, The debt is owed to the government now. They're not giving these kids a bailout. It's a financial scheme, like every one of these whores is involved with. And they wrap it in in virtue. It's to pay themselves off. They don't give a rip about these kids. They certainly don't give a rip about educating them. Because you got a 20-something-year-old girl that doesn't understand how interest works. 
That was Ashley Robinson. She says she's paid $33,000 towards her student loans, but the total remains the same because of interest. You think she knows how much she borrowed, Squirrel? I got $100, so she has no idea how much she borrowed. She has no idea what interest is. She has no idea how it compounds or the terms or what amortization is. She has no idea. And she's a college graduate. Ooh, look at you, honey. Bill on the south side. Yeah, you said it uh, just a little while ago. They, uh, it's actually insulting to minorities because what they're basically saying is you're, uh, we have to let you in because you're too stupid to pass the exams to get in normally. Bill, it's and, insulting uh, it's really to all insulting. people of character. Yeah. To right. all of us. I'm insulted on behalf of my brother and sisters of black skin. Because it's the character that only matters in this country and only did. And these idiots, these morons, these Klansmen have been allowed to hide in a Trojan horse of virtue. Joe Biden hung around with a grand wizard. Now, in my neighborhood, granted, it was Italian. And see, the Klan didn't like Italians either. A Klansman wouldn't show his fracking face or he'd end up in the parking lot at Leone's with his teeth missing. But in Washington, D.C., he becomes a big shot. The Grand Wizard in the Klan and a big deal in the Senate. Friend of Joe Biden and Joe Manchin. Huh? Look at the pictures. His name is Robert Byrd. I believe Barack Obama eulogized him, too. That's another slap in the face to people of color. Bruno in Iowa. Hey, Sean, excellent show. Thomas Sowell, I believe it was Thomas Sowell, he said, you're doing a tremendous disservice to blacks and Latinos who get accepted to Harvard because they're black uh, and and they're not quite up to snuff academically, but hey, you're black and we got to take you. And but I, they might end getting mediocre grades when if they go to a little lesser academically rigorous school, they'll get straight A's and they'll be better off in, in the long run over their lifetime. Of course. And and I believe it was during Free to, Free to Choose, during a Milton Friedman segment, circa 1972. You can look at it on YouTube. I highly recommend everybody do. Bruno, you're exactly right. But people used to have character. Now they have the government. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Wear your mask. Take your pills. Now a whole generation. You know, it's funny. This is how you give that self-righteous ignorance and arrogance blend that the Democrat entitled moron walks around with. This is exactly how they get that. So you went to college, you weren't supposed to go. All right. Now you get a, a degree you weren't supposed to get. Nobody gave you the grade you were supposed to get. We don't even grade anymore. And now you're what? A doctor like Dr. Jill Biden? She's the doctor of guts on ghoul. Doctor. Like half of them. Or how about these lawyers, these slip and fall law that they preach and support the idea of government supremacy, Marxism, the anti-property right agenda of the Democrat mafia. No wonder how you got in. You didn't deserve it. Danny White Castle. I hope he's got a sack of time. John, how you doing? Good. How are you? All right. I've been listening since you had to dial to get onto the radio. 
So, um, long-time fan, and a uh, couple, couple of points here. One of them is, you know, this arguing over affirmative action in this case, this just deflects on the actual racism being perpetrated by the awful public schools in all of the major cities, right? Yes, that That's they produce really morons. That's really these students. Exactly. That they, pr- they produce morons, Danny. When's the last time you yep. heard of a kid being held back? So let me get this straight. About 5% can read the grade level. Well, that means 95% fail, right? No. Yeah. Then what, what do they get passed for? They get passed because they're a paycheck. It's a disgraceful system. It produces morons, and you're going to watch it on the news tonight. Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the other point is um, Clarence Thomas had an amazing concurrence to this where he rebutted his African-American colleagues' uh, comments there. I don't have the whole thing in front of me, but it, it makes for great reading. He really, you know, laid Notice how the, how the white forms. Notice how the white Democrat hates Clarence Thomas, same way they hate Thomas Sowell. Notice how they hate anybody who achieves things not because of their skin, but because of their character. See, that's what you're... They, they, they see themselves as the manipulators and the mitigators of righteousness. These are the true fascists yeah. and demagogues among us. Yeah. The greatest and threat the to this country... Yeah, the greatest yeah. threat to this country are these people. Exactly. Thank you, for, thank exactly. you very much. Exactly. Blows in the face of that soft bigotry of low expectations, That's too. Exactly right. Not to mention he's a traitor with dementia. Thank you very much. Kevin in Las Vegas. Hey, Sean. What's happening, buddy? Not much, brother. Um, just wanted to kind of touch on what you're talking about with this affirmative action stuff. I mean, you can you can argue easily that this is the reason we are in the predicament we are in. I mean, for 50-plus years... They've been hiring people not based on qualifications. Yeah. Well, the government always hired morons. Government always hired morons, bust outs. They couldn't do it in the private world. That's what they always were. I mean, they're 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 a laughing stock up until the last thirty years when all of a sudden people thought they'll fix things. Morons. The only place these idiots could ever have jobs is in government. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, small, small, super small sample size for an example. But I've got a friend who is in like cosmetic pharmaceutical sales and i think a year or two ago he won salesman of the year and the following year he was told don't be expecting a promotion anytime soon because you're a white male and i mean they told him that to his face that's all right that's why he should have put on the uh, application that he was a portuguese club foot transgender thank you very much he get health care all kinds of stuff in the meantime what happens when uh, some of these guys in government aren't scum aren't part of the mafia and they decide you know what i think i think i'm gonna i don't know i'm gonna blow the whistle then what happens? As far as the president's involvement in that, so that's kind of the crux of, of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask questions about dad. We weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to in, include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So, um, you know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. Are you convinced, looking back at this now, that this was an effort to protect President Biden and his family? Uh, I mean, we were conducting an investigation of Hunter Biden, and we were trying to follow the normal process. We were trying to get to the bottom of it, and ultimately, you know, if it was going to lead to another individual, you know, we should follow that to uh, to determine what is actually happening. Um, but you know, there were definitely hindrances that I've never seen before in my 14 years. The ultimate abuse. The abuse of power. My dad used to say the single worst abuse of all was the abuse of power. What would that drunk bust out say now if we could dig him up? I think we should. 
Mary Barrington. Hey, Sean. How are you? Aggravated. How are you? <laughs> I love your, uh, as an Italian, I, I know what you're saying some of the time, Sean, those words that you're saying. They're beautiful <laughs> words. And all of these red bastards are good for guts on ghoul. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I have a quick comment and a question. So the first thing is, if anybody hasn't, if they don't know who Thomas Sowell is, he's an American treasure. Yeah. Look him up. Listen to his explanation on why affirmative action doesn't work. Anybody with a half a brain cell, you know, a fourth grader could understand it. He's so brilliant. Do you know who else practices affirmative action, Mary? The Klan. The Ku Klux Klan. Their membership is solely based on affirmative action. Go ahead. Right. I know. It's crazy. So my brother-in-law, firefighter, 35 years in California and Santa Monica, they lowered the standard for women to get on. Oh. He had to pick a woman to get on. This uh-huh. is a true story. First first call out, she can't open the fire hydrant. <laughs> he had three candidates. He had three candidates above her, men, but they told them no. So now she's pushing paper, right? They don't get rid of her. No. She's just pushing paper because yeah. she can't. She couldn't do it. But my question is, how do you think this is going to be how do you think they're going to be able to enforce this? My mom, she had physical therapy. I had to fill out the paperwork for her. Mm-hmm. Everything you fill out, they want to know your race. American so how Indian. Are gonna, how do you think they're no. going to? How do you think they're going to be able to actually? For the last three years, I fill out, being, For the last three years, I fill out cousin of Elizabeth Warren, American Indian. I think I'm in the running to open a casino. I think you should do it. I mean, what are you, what are they going to do to you? Gats on ghoul. Thank you, Mary. Steve in Arlington Heights. How are you doing, Sean? Happy Thursday. Thank Weekend's you. Weekend's almost here. Hey, yeah. My perspective on it was, you know, affirmative action is very similar to, like, the Patriot Act. I think the laws were intended to level <laughs> the playing field or actually help us out. Yeah. But then eventually they weaponize it and they outdate themselves. So I think it was a good decision today. Oh, it was a great decision, the Patriot Act. That was another another benefit of allowing a moron, another idiot. Talk about affirmative action. He's a Bush. We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. What a moron. Jim, Crown Point. Hey, Paisano. Uh, earlier this century, Sandra Day O'Connor wrote an opinion that said that college admissions based on race would be illegal after 2017. <laughs> so why thing. are we still... Yeah. yeah. She grew up it in like 2007 or something. Yeah. You know, why when, are when, we revisiting this? Yeah. You know you know when these idiots argue evolution? You know, the more we evolved, we crawled out of the sea and... I, Here's, here's how you know there's no evolution. Point to a freaking Democrat. Look at these morons. If they had to think to breathe, they wouldn't even be alive, the morons. Kyle on the south side. Hey, I had a couple things to say on student loan because I went to UIC in Chicago, which I can't wait to see how this new affirmative action case affects them because they advertise a diverse university. Yeah. But when I had to do student loans, they made me do whole e-learning courses prior to signing. So I was fully aware of what I signed on for. So was everyone else that went to my school. Okay. And as far as the majors, 
I would have been a math major if I thought I could have a job with it. But instead, I went into mechanical engineering because there was a need for mechanical engineers. So the people that had, that can't pay for these loans or weren't aware they're going to have to pay for, I'm wondering what their major was and you know what were. Kyle, they you know what the scandal is, and I want you to look into this because you're obviously going to follow it. The scandal is under the, the Barack Obama administration, how he first used the government to attack for-profit colleges, smashing the, the value of them. They plummet. His friends go in and buy it. Look at the University of Phoenix or DeVry, for example. His, all his friends go in and buy it. Then the government seizes the loan, student loan business. Now the government owns it. All of a sudden, he releases the regulations. He pours all these kids in because of affirmative action. They just sign on the dotted line. They don't know what the hell they're paying or why they're there. You're going to get a degree. You'll make five times the money. All to his friends. It is the greatest money fraud perpetrated on the American people outside of a, a, a foreign conflict. It's phenomenal. And now we're going we're gonna to do student loan relief. They're going to pay themselves, the crooked bastards. Follow the bouncing ball. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, the answer. Does anybody remember what an actual racist this moron Joe Biden is? By the way, did you know he picked up the phone? That's another great clip. Here we go. The truth is, we all know it. Discrimination still exists in America. Discrimination still exists in America. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Young black entrepreneurs are just as capable. They don't have lawyers. They don't have accountants. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Have you taken a cognitive? No, I haven't taken a test. Before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are you a junkie? You, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. Am I, I'm not joking. They're going to put you all back in chain. The most dangerous terrorist threat to our home is white supremacy. I'm not saying this because I'm a black HBCU. I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. The truth yeah, is, are. we all know it. You're stupid, and you're corrupt, and you're a dirty politician, just like everybody you know. Yeah, you are. But what I like is how stupid you still are. It turns out there's a uh, guy by the name of John Solomon who got the phone number. He's a reporter. He has a show, I think, on uh, News Nation. And John Solomon called the number. Before it was turned over from the FBI, there had been some documents that law enforcement had gotten through other means. And one of those documents got leaked to me, and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paid for. So I figured, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I can, I've been trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm going to call the cell phone. So I called the cell phone, and guess who picked up the phone? Oh, boy. Joe Biden. Joe? Oh, Joe Biden. What? Boy, was he shocked when he, got, uh, when he picked up the phone and found out it was me. He hung up pretty quickly. He's a dirty political crook. How else could he buy those mansions? But don't look. He's now a virtue of race relations. He didn't hang around with a Klansman. Oh, yeah, he did. Chris, Milwaukee. Hey, Sean. Love love listening to you. I'm, I've been catching up on podcasts, so first time oh. listening to you live for a while. But great Thank to you, hear man. you no matter which way. I appreciate it. Hey, Thank I, you. I love history just like you do. Yes. And I love quotes, especially historic quotes. Ran across one the other day. I almost burst out laughing. Um, it, it's, I think it's you. Uh, Thomas Paine, back when this country had character, yeah. he said, 
he who does not dare to offend cannot be honest. Yes, I like to offend. I like to offend well, because I, what we're living through... Because you're being honest when you're doing it. Oh, first of all, how are you polite to these scum? You're going to be a political whore. You sell out my country. You implement policies that enrich your pimps in China and the Ukrainian oligarchs. You do that right in front of me. And I'm supposed to pretend you're important? You're a whore. You're a dirty whore. And when I was a kid, you know where people went who couldn't get jobs? To the government. You, know, you work for the government? You're obviously a moron. Take the civil sor- service test. Go to the zoo. Thank you very much, Yep, Chris. that's what I always heard, too. Civil service test. Be a mailman. You know, it's something r- like that. You're it's right. ridiculous. That's yeah, now look at them. Now you they retire like they have $4 million, and we're busting our ass 14 different jobs to pay for these scallywags. And that's the real issue at hand. They are scallywags. And notice how they constantly demonize the Federalist Society. How many people even know what it is? You know, the nice thing about being Democrats, they don't even know what it is, but they'll chant that it's bad. The Federalist Society is a beacon of hope for conservative and libertarian lawyers that believe in uh, a constitutionally based federal government and a judiciary that says what the law is as opposed to what it should be. The Federalist Society is the only organization fully 100% committed to unrestrained, no-holds-barred debate of the most important issues and ideas. Notice how in the year 2023, it's now government approved to censor. So you eliminate the First Amendment. You eliminate the Second Amendment. You eliminate the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. You eliminate them all. But they're not fascists. Anybody who wants to talk about this, anybody who wants to implement their unalienable rights, anybody who embraces the Enlightenment, they are, just call them racist. I never hung around with a Klansman, you piece of dung. And if I did, he'd be still walking around in a circle with no teeth in his head. I'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest's resume, I think, would impress Carl Sagan. He's an internationally known theoretical physicist, the author of 12 books. He's written for everything from the New York Times to the Wall Street Journal, Scientific American. He received a Ph.D. from MIT, then Harvard Society of Fellows, followed by eight years as a professor at Yale. He is currently the president of the Origins Project Foundation and host of the Origins Podcast. His name is Lawrence Krauss. Lawrence, thank you for making time for me. I truly appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you virtually. You know what's interesting to me, Lawrence, is the way, I mean, you are a scientist's scientist. And my understanding, my, my rudimentary understanding is science is never solved. The beauty of it is that it's always questioned, it's always prodded, and the one thing we know is that we don't know. Are you shocked by how many these student jobless political prostitutes constantly claim the science is settled? <laughs> well, I'm, I am shocked that most people try and think that, this, that things are settled when they're not. I think, I, I, you know, in, in, my, in the new book I wrote, I just, as I said, that thing I don't know are probably the most, three most important words in science. But they should be the three most important words for all of us. 
Exactly. Because uh, we, we, we can benefit from listening to others. And, and not knowing is an invitation to discover. Instead of making dogmatic assertions about what you think must be real without ever having checked to see if it really is. What I love about the book is the title, The Edge of Knowledge, Unsolved Mysteries of the Cosmos. And it's interesting to me. I, I, I'm fascinated. I started in the kind of like a, a kid from nothing goes to the mercantile exchange and trades commodities. And as I was listening to fools discuss at that time oil, you'll forgive me if I digress to something I know with you. And they kept referring to it as fossil fuel. That drove me nuts because it's not fossil fuel. We really don't know specifically the origins of it. What we do know is every time you go a little deeper than you went before, it's everywhere. And it seems to me that it was a product of Earth. As the center of the Earth, we learned in the last 20-something years that it changes direction of its rotation from east to west to west to east every 70 years. And we've only gone two miles in the Earth. We really don't know a lot, do we? Well, well, I think there's, a, I, I, to be fair, one shouldn't confuse not knowing everything with knowing nothing. And there is a lot we know about the Earth. We've been able to probe using seismic techniques and, in fact, using other kinds of, of techniques right down through to the Earth's mantle. And, and so I do think we actually understand a fair amount about the Earth. There are, there are as you point out, there are, are important mysteries about how the magnetic field in the Earth develops with a dynamo, how the North Pole moves around, the poles move around a little bit, and indeed the poles flip, not every 70 years, but every 26,000 years or so. But I, and I have no, I didn't mean the poles. I meant the direction of the, of the center. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. The, 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 the North Pole is moving around on a regular basis. Uh, I grew up in Canada. It used to be in Canada. Now I think it's not. Uh, and so there are, there are things we don't understand. But, but to be fair, there's a tremendous amount we do understand about, about the Earth. And oil the, the, is, is, organic materi- is organic coming from organic materials and is, is, is due to life that used to, that used to live on Earth. And, and we're exploiting that for the life for the last few hundred million years, uh, which is, of course, we can probe down to. Yeah. With deep, with deep, um, with deep cores and and such, and we're, so when we are extracting oil, I think we have to. I think it's fair to call it fossil fuels. I I, I wouldn't one hundred percent agree with you there. I think I think. Uh, uh, we, ah, what do you know, Lawrence? You went to MIT. What the hell do you know, professor at Yale? You don't know. I love you. Listen to the commodity trader. Who never went to college. Will you please? In the meantime, <laughs> you go in the other direction. You go in the cosmos, and I love the well, fact yeah, that my 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 yeah my research is is generally about the about the beginning and end of the universe although yeah. by the way just so you're just so you know for fun i talked about using new types of elementary particles as ways to probe the inside of the earth because you're absolutely right we can only probe directly the surface of the earth and right. uh, to probe things like radioactivity so look i'm all in favor of just keep every time we open a new window on the universe we're surprised yes and that's what that's what i love and that's what the book's all about now, I've got a couple of questions for you, because I, uh, okay. I, I like to think about these things from time to time. Is it uh, true that you titled the, your last book, The Physics of Star Trek, because you were looking for the wrath of Khan? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I don't know if that was the title, but, uh, uh, the reason for the title. But I think the reason for the title was, it, I mean, to be even to be less facetious, <laughs> People, when I talk, say I'm a physicist, when I used to say I was a physicist, and I, you'd go to a party and say, I'm a physicist, and people say, wow, how about those Yankees? Anything <laughs> to change the subject. And, 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 uh, and so, but people don't realize that the things that fascinate them, time travel, warp drive, 
that's really science. So it seemed to me a neat hook to try and use something. People are intimidated by science. So yeah. why not use something that people aren't intimidated by, like Star Trek, as a hook to learn about the real universe? And, I, and I, as I like, I said in that book, I think the real universe, in, in spite of all the weird things in the Star Trek universe, the real universe is more fascinating still. And, and I'm, I'm really happy that young kids read it, and I'm old enough now that some of those young kids have become scientists and told me that reading that gets got them to be a scientist. And that's really one of the reasons why I write, because I, when I was a kid, it was reading books by scientists that turned me into a scientist, so I'm kind of returning the favor. I'm lucky enough to be old, and I remember in the 70s when Carl Sagan came on the scene on Johnny Carson and the rest of it, and the, the, you remember the big push for Carl Sagan and the interest in what he did. And his, he's, like you, he has an incredible resume. But one thing that was part of his resume was that he was a science communicator. This is something that is lost, in my opinion. There's not enough of you out there in the public eye communicating actual science and then what we now see is the politicization of science as it has become a a a weapon a spear of political prostitutes to have schemes to profit from it really is a turnoff for lack of a better word but more importantly to a guy like me i reject the idea that these political prostitutes can wield the power of science does it matter what your occupation is what your sexuality is what your gender is does any of it matter or have we? How do we get that integrity in science back? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Well, science has always been politicized in, in to some degree or other, but nowadays it, it, you're absolutely right. It, there's a polarization, and unfortunately, a lot of people. While scientists and science has all, often been the one area that people trust the most of late, that's changed a lot. And I think uh, I think it's really important to realize that science. It doesn't matter who does science. It doesn't matter, as you say, your sex, your gender, your race, anything else, and it never has. And, I mean, we've, we, it's true that there have been times when we've gotten in the way of really good people going to university or, or having the opportunity to be educated. But the great thing about science is that the lowliest student, if they come up with a good idea that contradicts the, the most eminent professor, if they're right, eventually the, the, the evidence will show they're right, and, and, uh, and they'll get the credit for it in the long run. And it'll Because and, science is, is a dialectic. It's based on give and take it's based on constantly challenging ideas and and that's what we should be that's what we should be teaching kids we should be teaching kids to question and how to question and and in fact teaching via questioning and i think uh, all of those things and then and then once you question you want to check your evidence you want to constantly go back and test your yourself because as a famous physicist richard Feynman who won the Nobel prize once said the easiest person to fool is yourself and so constantly the one thing you learn if you're a scientist is to check something and ask yourself are you are you do you think this is right because you want it to be right or because the evidence says it's right and you have to be prepared to throw out even the most beautiful idea in the world if the evidence goes against you and throw it out like yesterday's newspaper and that's really hard and it's hard for people to do and i think you're absolutely right that we have to constantly be checking our public policies against evidence we've got to hold our politicians as well as everyone else to feed to the fire and say what's the evidence for the policy that you're now proposing. And also, you know what? Something a politician's never said probably in the history of politics is, you know what? I think I was wrong. Yes, I think I proposed that sad. policy, but since then, we've, we've discovered it doesn't work. Let's change our policies. You know what else I've noticed, Lawrence, is that often, too often, science is for sale. And I can pretty much 
They're like politicians, right? I can give you $500, you eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad. I can buy the science I like. Uh, the tobacco companies did it very uh, early in the, in the right. 20th yeah, century. Sure. You can buy the science you want, can't you? Well, in principle, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think most scientists have integrity. I like to think most scientists have integrity. But money goes a long way. And, you, and you know, pharmaceutical companies have done this for a long time. Yes. Uh, as well, as you point out, the, 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 the tobacco companies. And the real problem is that having a P- I mean, I have a Ph.D., and that's nice. But having a PhD doesn't mean anything. I, no, I can. I once. I, I. You can get a PhD to say anything for any on any subject. You can find a PhD that will say anything. I. I once spoke to a reporter. It was at a conference of three hundred people with PhDs. This was on a flat Earth. These were people with PhDs <laughs> who were saying the Earth was flat. So, so just a credential alone, while it's a nice start, is not enough to 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 guarantee that what someone is saying is accurate. And I think we have to realize too often. You know, journalists tend to think of sort of things as like everything is he said, she said, everything is two sides to every story. But the thing about science is one side is usually wrong. And we have to recognize that once it's wrong, the earth isn't flat. We right. don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't have to have debates in high school. We don't, have, you know, and the earth isn't 6,000 years old. It's 4.55 billion years old. Exactly. And we shouldn't have to have that debate anymore. Here's another debate that I find just aggravating. And that is that somehow. My habits can affect one-tenth of one-half of .001%. And somehow when I was a kid, back in the 70s, photosynthesis was kind of important. And uh, I thought CO2 was a key part of that. And NASA releases a a paper two weeks ago that talks about how much more the, the Earth has greened and how that's a good thing. Yet, politically, there's trillions of dollars at stake that are controlled well, by the uh, again, bastardization me, me, of it. <laughs> well, yes and no. You should know that the book I, I wrote before, my present book, is called The Physics of Climate Change. And yeah. what I wanted to do there, because I have a lot of friends who are saying, look, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me to stop driving my car. Don't tell me this. What I want to know is what the facts are. So what I wrote a book was not making any recommendations for what people need to do, but talking about the simple physics of climate change, which is well understood. It's not new. And it's based on well-known physics that's 200 years old. And it is fair to say that in spite of, um, yeah, sure, carbon dioxide does, uh, is necessary for plants, obviously. And, you can, you can, and, and in a high carbon dioxide environment, some plants will flourish. But you can also show unambiguously that as carbon dioxide increases, so, do, so does the temperature of the Earth. And, there's, and there's, there's vast amounts of data there. Now, can you say what's going to happen with certainty in, in 100 years or 200 years? No. Certain things we can, and some of them are pretty sobering, and I think we have to at least accept that they're sobering. We can decide if we're going to change our policies. We shouldn't necessarily be forced to change our policies based on them. But I remember example, when Felix, Leonard Nimoy warned us of an ice age. you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I know, but Leonard Nimoy was a scientist. He was an actor, in spite of the fact that he was Dr. Spock. But, yeah. but, uh, uh, um, but you know, sea levels are going to rise at least half a meter over the next 40 years. That's just going to happen. That's already built in. You could show that. It's already built in physics. Uh, you know, and the main reason why, it's something you should do in high school physics. If you heat water up, it expands. And you can show that the amount of heat we've dumped in the air, in, in, into the oceans over the last 40 years is about the equivalent, by the way, of about 4 billion uh, Hiroshima-level bombs. Yeah. And like four a second every, every second of every day is enough so that the sea level is going to rise between a quarter a meter, half a meter, and, and that may not sound like a lot. A half a meter, big deal. 
But, you know, half a meter can be a lot if you consider that probably 10 or 100 million people around the Earth live within a meter of sea level. I mean, the yeah. way I like to say it is that half a meter may not seem like a lock, but if I took a bowling ball and held it half a meter above your foot and said, can I let it go? Well, I hope you're wrong. I, like Joe Biden and Barack Obama, live on the, live on the beach. So I'd hate for you. I want you to be wrong. But the nice thing about you is at least you're willing to say it's possible that the, the predictions are wrong. They've been wrong in well, the past. Yeah, they could I mean, be wrong in the future. Because we're on this rock that's spinning at, what, what do they say, 1,000 miles an hour? We're spinning at 1,000. A little more than that. A little more mm-hmm. than that. So there's a lot of stuff yeah. we don't know. There's a lot of math we haven't solved. There's a lot going on, well, right? There, there's a lot we don't know. But once again, I just, and look, I, I'm sympathetic to what you're saying. But I do think it's really important for people to realize that just because we don't know everything doesn't mean we don't know anything. And there's a lot we have learned. Yes. And I think... As I say, when I talk about climate change in my book, I talk about those predictions that are pretty well written in stone and those predictions that are, are, are more speculative. And there's a lot that are more speculative. We don't know if the Greenland ice sheet is going to melt in 100 years or 1,000 years. If it yeah. does, it'll raise sea levels by 7 meters. But you know what? It you know, reminds me of those Clint Eastwood movies. You're old enough like me to remember the Dirty yes. Harry movies. Oh, I love them. And remember how he used to, he used to point a gun at, 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 a, at a criminal and say, Punk, are you feeling lucky? <laughs> yeah. And... and and so I think we have to ask ourselves, are we feeling lucky? Maybe it's wrong, but if it could happen, we should at least begin to think about what we might do. And well, I'm Norwegian. I'll go back to Norway. We'll, we'll remind everyone why it was called Greenland in the first place. <laughs> um, but there's another thing in the cosmos I want to ask you about. I am running out of time. Yeah. I think the only way that's going to save the American currency and possibly all of these issues is aliens. Do I have a chance of meeting my Martian brothers? Uh, I, I would say no. Well, you do, actually, you know, in a different way. We don't know if the life on Earth originated on Mars, because it's, you, we can show that, that microbes could survive uh, a voyage between Mars and the Earth, and Martian rocks are often knocked out by asteroids. We find them in Antarctica. So it could be that the life that arose on Earth early on first formed on Mars because Mars was earlier hot and wet. So if you want to look at what a Martian looks like, you might want to look in the mirror. See, you're going to do that chariot to the gods on me, and I'm ahead of you. I believe it. I want to tell you how no, much I... I, I, I don't think... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We've been, I'm, yeah, I, don't, I have to say that in spite of that, we haven't been visited by aliens. Yeah. And, and, there, and, and there, I, I'm willing to believe that there's lots of life in the universe and maybe intelligent life elsewhere. But the problem is the universe is just a darn big place. It's yes. such a big place that to get from one place to another is, you know, even to get to the nearest star would take us at current rocket ship rates... About twenty thousand years, and it's you know so. Yeah, it's not I'm gonna, kind of it's not Star Trek, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to wait for them to come to me. In the meantime, I'm also going to yeah. buy the Edge of Knowledge: Unsolved Mysteries of the Cosmos. I'm going to bet you a cigar for the ultimate okay. irony. Seas don't okay. rise by the time okay. you and I are eighty. We got to bet. Sure, a cigar doesn't seem like much, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, if if they do rise, it isn't going to matter. Lawrence Krauss, thank you so much for coming on. You take care. Thanks. It's a right. pleasure talking to you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I'll tell you, I had a good time with Lawrence because that's somebody who has intellectual honesty. And I love to have those discussions. That's what now. It's popular not to have those discussions. You have to buy the fascism. You have to buy the rhetoric. You have to buy the government-sponsored science. At least there was a scientist who's willing to discuss some of the issues. 
And I couldn't help but notice, Squirrel. He said it's organic. Did you catch that? And then fossil fuels. I'll argue it with anybody, including an MIT guy who I have the utmost respect for, Lawrence. He's a wonderful man. Lawrence Krauss, the name of the book, The Edge of Knowledge, Unsolved Mysteries of the Cosmos. He's written numerous articles. Brilliant guy. And it's okay to disagree with brilliant guys on specific issues. You never know. Squirrel, you might pull that sling blade. There ain't no gas in it. Because they've been wrong about everything they said. What happened to the ozone hole? See, I'm old enough to remember. Damn you, aerosol. People had to stop using aerosol because of the ozone hole. It closed. It opens. They don't know. Because what we're on is more than a rock doing a 1,000 miles an hour. It's a living place. They don't know how it's going to affect it. One thing's for certain. They've been wrong. Since they started predicting. At least eight times in the past million years, it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. During the lifetime of our grandchildren, Arctic cold and perpetual snow could turn most of the inhabitable portions of our planet into a polar desert. But it didn't. Illogical. And now their fear is that it's going to be too hot and the seas are going to... They're wrong. They're wrong. And they don't know why. But they have to sound like they do. The one thing is, it seems to be the Earth's design to take care of these problems, regardless of us. And I can't help but notice it keeps kicking out oil. And one thing we've never gotten, how much oil is released organically from the bottom of the oceans? How do you even measure it? How do you quantify that? They know, as I like to say in Melrose Park, God's on goal. Uh, Greg and LaGrange. Hey, how you doing today? Good, good. How are you? <clears throat> the thing that kind of irritates me to no end is the fact that you have to have it all or nothing. You have nothing. Lawrence didn't say that. Lawrence did not. I'm preaching to the choir to you. I'm preaching to the choir to you. Yeah. You have nothing if you have no carbon-based fuel. Nothing. You don't have an economy. You don't have defense. You don't have anything. You don't have food. You have nothing. But that doesn't mean that you cannot protect the planet and do what you can to not pollute excessively. And that's what's lost. These clowns that are pushing this control of fossil fuels on us, they use fossil fuels. It's a control mechanism for the rest of us, just like anything else. Yes, but you've heard That's you've heard me thing. you've heard me for a long time. You've listened since the beginning. You've heard me have notable scientists on. You've I've had authors of many books on that tell you time and time again they believe some believe oil is organic, like Lawrence just said. Some believe oil is abiotic. But one thing's for sure. There are most that believe we don't know exactly the extent of what it is, the pressure it creates, just like we didn't know what closed the ozone layer. We just stopped talking to the hole in the ozone layer. We just stopped talking about it, right? So it's interesting to see the predictions. We have them. They were concerned vehemently. Anybody who lived through the 70s, they were convinced we were going to go through another ice age. Wrong. You know, what, you know, what's, more devastating? You know what's more devastating than civilization? than trying to get rid of fossil fuels, implementing socialist policies. That's pretty devastating to countries, too. And the bottom line is this. We've come up, our side has come up with, hey, let's produce liquid thorium nuclear reactors. Mm -hmm. Let's produce other sources of energies like this. And it's always been no, no, no. You know what? You're not not facing progressives. You're facing regressives. This is the return of the primitives. And they want a society where the ordinary man doesn't enjoy the luxuries of the politician, of the oligarch. 
and they're practicing the controlled demolition of our economy and our way of life in an in a way so that they can become demigods among us. Steve and Huntley. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Gosh, Sean, you do the absolute best interviews. Thank you, um, Lawrence was talking about uh, cosmic and, and, I, and, and physics, and I think you might remember uh, like 20, 25 years ago, we used to be talking about a term, those who were concerned about the environment, of meterless electricity, the idea that we would get to the point where we could produce electricity so abundantly it wouldn't be worth the cost of a meter to measure how much we were using because it would be so cheap. That's yes. back in the days where we had leaders who were, who were concerned about the earth. You never hear that phrase anymore. I believe they based a lot of that on Tesla, right? Well, his theory, uh, his theory uh, that electricity was, was yeah. And it's it's you notice how you never talk about that anymore, and that that also was the wave of 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 of, of other options that we've now abandoned. It, you know, it's really a shame. To to we're lucky, Steve. We're lucky that we lived in a time when people were thinkers. The ordinary guy was a was a philosopher. He thought about these issues. Now, what do they think about? Did you hear they just signed another guy in tights to play another sport? It's really something to see. The good news is there's enough of us left to, to, to resurrect it. And then there's people who are scientists, like Lawrence, who's willing to discuss it with some meathead from Mulder's Park. Thank, thank you. And, and his thought, I, I just want to share one quick thing with you. I, in a previous life, I was a salesman that called on field plants. And it took me a year to get an interview with this guy who turned this failing uh, steel plant in the middle of Indiana of all places, into a profitable place. And I sat down with him, talked, uh, uh, you know, business and what, what I was there for. And at the end, I said, gosh, you had this amazing reputation in the industry of turning this around. How did you do that? And he said to me, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a boilermaker from Purdue. And I had a professor that told me once, whenever you have to come up with an answer to a problem, and, it's, you know, it's a significant one, take a step back. Take a yeah. look at the problem, a quick look at the problem, and a quick look at the answer, and say, "Does that make sense?" And he yeah. says, "It worked for me." I love it, Steve and Huntley. Thank you for making the call. I truly appreciate it. Peter, Chicago. Hey, how are you? Good, Peter. Okay, so they're all talking about the sea levels being rising, this and this and that. Yeah. But uh, if you look back about seven hundred years ago. South Pole had no ice on it, and there was one of the guys that was on a ship. You know, there were, nobody knew how the globe looks like, so he found South Pole and created a map. So he could only create a map of South Pole when there was no ice on it. Because if there would be ice on it, you would not be able to Correct. Yeah. find out that there were there are two sweet, uh, sweet water lakes on it which we have no access to it right now, but he had access to it because there was no ice. So when you look at the Constantinople, history of that town about 700 years ago, that town was is surrounded, it was, and still is surrounded, the old town, by the high wall. Each town back then was a fortress. And I found, a, uh, there was a program, a program about this uh, era when Christians were slaughtered and the town was taken over by Muslims, and there was a painting of the town 
where the water was all the way to the walls yes. of the town. Do you know what's and the fun- guy, the historian, was standing on a grass on a parkway in the same place the painting was made. Yes. So it shows that the water receded, now receded hundreds and hundreds of feet. So that Peter, tells me, yeah. Where are you from? I'm Polish. Do you know how amazing it is how many Americans have no understanding, no thought of what you're talking about, that the, this all happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago in constant Constantinople and all of the exploration that took place and all of the ignorance. And yet these are the same people who are willing to shut down the way of life in the name of saving things. Yeah, they're stupid. They're uneducated. They don't know basic history, but they will tell me. So the human nature is, if there is a piece of land that shows up because the... So now we have a miles of ice and south pole, meaning our climate cooled off substantially yes. okay yeah so what the human will do human human will build something on it they will not wait oh you know what in 300 years maybe the water will level will come up yeah. and the, the building i build will get flooded no they just build right away on it no and they'll so never they, think about so, why greenland is called greenland yeah it obviously so the water level was so so much higher so our climate right now so much cooler right now than used to be. Right. Right. You're exactly correct. But nobody talks about it. Well, Peter, we've had been lucky enough to have a couple of scientists in the past. We may revisit them again to bring it on and talk about it. And you just talked about it. And a lot of people heard it. So thank you, Peter, for making the call. I truly appreciate it. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Mad Mac. I always get nervous introducing somebody who calls himself Mad Mac. Hi, Mad Mac. How you doing, Sean? Excellent. How are you? Yeah, just check, just so you know, as an old bond trader, I changed my pronoun from uh, E to do that, okay? <laughs> you got it. It's very important. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get off that masculine stuff. But hey, listen, your last guest, a little suspect with that boy, because I gotta tell you, go look at the photos from Pebble Beach and Malibu Beach back in like the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. You know what they look like? They look like the ones I took last weekend when I was out there. You know what's funny though, Mad Mac? He he didn't say they had risen. He said they could rise. He was you know. Uh, was, but he did say. He went with that 40-year crap, okay? Oh, yeah. the, the, the energy is going to get sucked up in the ocean. Hey, Einstein, there's not a couple we lit on the ocean. It evaporates, okay? That's number one. Number two, we're, a week, we're five years in a week from the yeah. five-year anniversary of Greta Van Crossite telling us the Earth was going to end, right? Here's the other thing. How about Archimedes' principle? You know, if you mention that, all of a sudden it throws a wrench into things. I love Archimedes' principle. It's a simple explanation about the weight of water, the weight of ice, and all the rest of it. It's very interesting, and it's one of the reasons I continue. I hope I hope that he scares enough people so beachfront property dips. I'm going to buy everything, Mad Mac. Thank you very much, brother. I appreciate it. How dare you? There, there, there. <laughs> she, he's a lot smarter than that, dummy. I don't think she graduated high school, right? Didn't she quit high school, Greta? Oh, she she could very well end up as president in America. Jim in Crown Point. 
hey, Sean, with all the tyranny that sheeple are lapping up, are we going to become Planet of the Apes, Hunger Games, or just a whole hell of a lot of both? Oh, I, I, I tell you what, I can't. Charlton Heston, damn you. I think that would be the way to go. After all, it, it, where does giving weapons to the oligarchs in Ukraine factor in the climate change? That can't be good for it. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... My next guest, I heard his name in 1987 when he was nominated by President Reagan to become the Assistant Secretary of Defense. But he's a fascinating, fascinating guy. Truly. Been in and out of government, worked for a Democrat senator, I believe, right, Frank? Yes, sir. Frank Gaffney, I, I love that I get to talk to you. I mean that. Because your, your, your history in our government, in our society, the importance of it, I don't think is ever given the right perspective. You've been in and out of it. You worked specifically for, for, during the Cold War with nuclear talks between us and Russia. You were in charge of, 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 of really our defense strategy for the nuclear platform. And here we are, how many years later, at the precipice of World War III, when Rutin, Tutin, Putin, because of the actions of in the, in the incompetent actions of America... We could very well be in another turmoil like you were in the 80s, right? Only worse, unfortunately, because what we're dealing with now is not just um, a Putin and not just a nuclear threat that he has been building inexorably uh, for at least the past decade or so. Uh, with some 27 or so new nuclear weapon systems that he's put into the mix. But he's partnered with a new uh, nuclear superpower, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, which is uh, putting into place uh, 1,500 nuclear weapons or so in just a couple uh, hundred silos uh, of late. And that's probably just the tip of that iceberg. So on the nuclear side alone, Sean, there's a lot to be very concerned about. And unfortunately, that's not all there is. So it's uh, it's worse, in fact, than I think it was at the height of the Cold War last. Now, Frank, after your new book is called The Indictment, Prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party. But the reality is, should the, the subtitle of your book be the asset of the Chinese Communist Party pretending to be president in America today? Because this is astonishing to me. We have tens of millions of dollars of bribery to the so-called sitting president of the United States of America. I believe his intentions are to destroy our nation and enrich his paymasters, the Chinese Communist Party, and some of the oligarchs in the former Soviet Union. Well, you're right. Uh, It's not quite as pithy as the subtitle that we gave it, which is (laughs) prosecuting the Chinese Communist Party and friends for crimes against America, China, and the world. But he's one of those friends. He's arguably you know, the most important of those friends. Joe Biden, the commander-in-chief of the United States military, of course, I'm talking about. And you're absolutely right. Uh, he has been 
I believe, and, and again, this isn't just my opinion. This is the opinion of a guy I highly respect, a, a career undercover operative for the Central Intelligence Agency by the name of Sam Faddis, who says in the parlance of the trade, the, the intelligence lexicon, if you will, the way they would describe Joe Biden is as a controlled asset of the Chinese Communist Party. And I think the implications of that are hard to overstate and uh, very, very frightening indeed. I don't think Americans today understand. I remember the Cold War. I don't think there's enough people that remember it or understand it or understand the nuances that got us back into another one. And as we sit here and, and talk tonight, the Chinese Communist Party has once again revised Cuba as a threat to America. They're clearly going to build a military base there. They're clearly going to store nuclear weapons there. And this could not have happened without the complacency and corruption of both Republicans and Democrats. When back in the day you worked for a Democrat who still loved his country, how have we devolved into this third world corrupt banana republic? Well, I'm glad you've mentioned him. Um, there's scarcely a day that goes by that I don't reflect on and miss uh, the late Henry M. Scoop Jackson, as he was called, because he was a Democrat who, as you rightly said, loved his country and was determined to um, take terribly and, and properly seriously his oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And I'm sorry to say, as an old Scoop Jackson Democrat um, a long, long time ago, um, that um, that cohort no longer is present, certainly in the in the elected uh, representatives of Democrats. I think there are probably still a lot of Democrats who feel that way, but uh, they're not represented in the United States Congress and certainly not in the White House. Now, you know, you know that uh, this is a Chicago radio show. You know I'm from Chicago. The connection between the Chinese Communist Party and the Chicago Democrats is a very well-known legacy from old man Daley all the way through Barack Obama. As you look at the Biden administration, which is really just a, a hood ornament of the Obama administration, and you see the same retreads of the same names and the same incompetence, or is it worse than incompetence? Victoria Newland to me, is a buffoon if I'm kind, a traitor if I'm aware. How do you see things? I think you can ascribe some misconduct to incompetence. But I don't think you can ascribe all of it. And what we have seen, I, I think I've said this to you before, Sean, but it bears repeating. I honestly believe if you look at the history of the Biden administration, or if you will, the Obama-Biden third term, I think what we've seen in terms of policies, domestic and foreign, Every single one of them has two things in common. One is they have all been bad for America. Mm -hmm. And they have all, secondly, basically, been beneficial to our enemies, usually, and most especially the Chinese Communist Party. And I, I say that, again, with regret. There's no pleasure in pointing this out. In fact, to the contrary, it's to, it's to really raise the alarm that we're at a moment in time when this is 
completely intolerable situation. Uh, you know, I fear, as you know from um, the book, the, the indictment, we may well be at the cusp now of not just the unrestricted, if you will, pre-Kinetic end of war that the Chinese Communist Party has waged against us for decades, but at the cusp of a shooting war. Oh, yes. And it is unimaginable that we would have as the commander-in-chief of the United States military, as I say, a man who is a controlled asset of the enemy we would fight in such a shooting war. It's intolerable. And it, you don't have to be a, you know, a veteran of the Cold War or somebody at least who remembers it. You just have to have a lick of common sense. That is a formula for disaster, defeat. And it's, again, unacceptable. Well, you know what else is... Um astonishing to me is you worked in a law firm for years right you're a lawyer no 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 i thought you worked I in a law one firm. on tv sometimes oh i thought you worked my in a father, law firm my father did many many years ago oh no, it's i come your, from a long line father. of lawyers but not personally so, but no. you've been in government where these lawyers that occupy government most of government is lawyers you've been there how have they justified not prosecuting this kind of corruption how have we whipped ourselves into this 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 conundrum where we're having a difficult time we have all the prima facie evidence and nobody wants to impeach indict arrest and save us because this is this is obvious to everybody there are tens of millions of dollars that have been paid to the president and he is still in the office how does this happen well, it goes back to that subtitle, I think, of the book. Uh, it's the Chinese Communist Party and friends who have brought us to this pass. And I think those friends, uh, whether they're in political life, like Joe Biden, most obviously, but uh, there are many others in his cabinet, in his government more generally, in the Congress of the United States, House and Senate, both. But it's also, you know, leaders of uh, Wall Street, the business sector, the media, Hollywood, mm. academia, the sports industry, you, you name it. There are now lawyers, yes, I guess, but also many, many others who have been, not, you know, the, the kind and um, rather inoffensive word for it is compromised. They've been captured. That's the term the Chinese use, elite captured. And I think every single one of them whether they've been captured by, you know, just bribes or whether they've been captured by sexual honey pots or whether they've been captured by their ideological affinity and expectation that they will prosper if uh, if the Chinese win and we lose, or whatever their motivation may be, they have a very powerful interest in not telling us the truth. And look, most Americans, I mean, you do an incredibly important service, Sean, by oh. talking to the American people honestly and truthfully and forthrightly about these kinds of problems. But the vast majority of Americans are just living their lives trying to, you know, succeed at business or to keep their family together, whatever. They don't have the knowledge base, mostly to do what needs to be done in terms of connect the dots and understand the problem. So they rely on people in leadership in these various sectors of our life to, you know, be eyes on, paying attention, focused on protecting us. And they haven't been doing it for those kinds of reasons, I believe, and hence we're in the fix we are. 
You know what's shocking is that at least when 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 time of old when the Cold War was going on, we were aware of the threat. We were reminded of the threat. I have never seen such complacency in the threat or the, the, the reality of a possible nuclear war. And I think it was just 10 days ago, I remember I did a show on Iran, had a meeting throughout Central. I think they were at, Ven- or they were at Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba. He signed over 80 agreements with these countries. And Iran has been given a green light, not just for money, but for nuclear enrichment. And this is, this is hard. It's on talk radio. And that's it. It's astonishing to me. The ignorance or why has, how has the media justified not talking about this? This is a big story. As I said, among others that have been captured. Uh, are key elements of our media. They depend on income from the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party is allied with Iran, among other bad actors, uh, the BRICS, uh, Russia most especially. But, you know, if you're basically getting paid not to report on things that are harmful or at least against the interests of the Chinese Communist Party, um, you generally are not going to do it. And and look, uh, let me just put this into the sharpest of relief. I think it is no exaggeration to say from the Arctic in the north to the Antarctic in the south, our entire hemisphere, at least every major country in the hemisphere, is now run by either outright Marxists or those who are perfectly prepared to do business with them, aligned with them, and actively enabling them. And when I say Marxist, I mean not just the old-fashioned communist kind, but also the Sharia-adherent kind, uh, well, like Iran. And they're, they're indeed all over this continent. Help me understand the India relationship. And I say this because India is the eye in BRICS. So at, at, at some point, they're working actively to de-dollarize the world. Yet, as I watched Moody, I don't know how you say his name. I'm going to take a shot with Moody. Modi. Modi. As you see Modi come here, everybody kisses his ass. What, what, what are we supposed to do? What is the proper way to look at India? I see them as somebody who, is, who has been working tirelessly to de-dollarize the world. And, and to a certain extent, I get it. We don't deserve to be the world's currency with the way these political prostitutes have destroyed the integrity of the dollar. However, that's going to be really bad for us if the world de-dollarizes. What should be the focal point on India? Look, people are, I believe, looking at the glass in this case as half full. But it is also half empty at the very best. The Indians have, in addition to just and I'm talking not obviously of all Indians, I'm talking basically about their government. Right. Under successive administrations, Modi just being the most recent, been playing a double game. Uh, they have been very closely tied to the Russians before that, to the Soviets. Um, they have had their very strong differences, in fact, have gone to war a couple of times with the Chinese. But as you say, they're perfectly prepared to make common cause with the Chinese on matters like the reserve currency status of the dollar. And and they are in the process of destroying that, too. That's one of those policies that I was referring to earlier, Sean. Yeah. And you were absolutely right. It will be terrible for us 
if they pull it off. And I think that the Indians generally are getting a pass at the moment because we think they're mostly hostile, mostly hostile to the Chinese, and we desperately need their help in opposing what the Chinese Communist Party is up to. It's just that uh, they are not entirely reliable, I fear, and we're overlooking that, and we're not holding them accountable for it. Let me just give you one other example. They're doing an awful lot of harm to people of faiths other than Hindu, yes. uh, notably Christians, Muslims as well, mm-hmm. and they're getting a pass on all of that, and that's wrong. It invites them to do more of it, and they talk about actually ridding their country of uh, people of other faiths, and that would be a horrific thing if it happens. I really want your your expert expertise on this. I have a I, I remember the Soviet Union in total. There were atrocities for hundreds of years between Russia and Ukraine. I'm also very aware of how wonderful citizens, both Ukrainians and Russians, made as they fled the Soviet Union for freedom and liberty. Some of the best Americans we have. I have dear friends of both. There was a civil war going on for eight years that got very little coverage in Ukraine. Uh, There was the Minsk Accord. It seems to me that those architects in America who helped construct the Minsk Accord strategically benefited the oligarchs, not just Ihor Kolomoisky, but George Soros, who admits on tape, I have it here, where he had put a foundation in Ukraine before the collapse of the Soviet Union. And the loan guarantees of the billion dollars and the notable reports by a multitude of countries of Ukraine being the most corrupt country in Europe. Should we be involved in this? And if we are, are we on the right side? How much time do we have? This is a this is a it should have started with this, damn it, Frank Gaffney, but I'll go along with you. I'll be happy to come back for more. But look, the short form of it is this. I feel profoundly conflicted about this. On the one hand, I I think what is being done to innocent people in Ukraine, to to the infrastructure, to the economy, to the nation of Ukraine, at the hands of uh, a, a tyrant, a genocidal maniac like Vladimir Putin, is absolutely unspeakable and you don't have to you know spend a moment uh reflecting on some of the other points that you've made to come to that conclusion and the fact that it is among the countries and it is not the only one by any means i would say that well um russia yeah. It's pretty corrupt. And to the, be honest, as we've been discussing, our own country is pretty corrupt. But <laughs> I think we're those, in the lead, those babe. Are, those, are, yeah. those are serious problems, to be sure. But I'm not sure they're the fault of the people of Ukraine. No, they never are. But, but I, do, I do fear profoundly that what has come about as a result of the Chinese Communist Party in the person of Xi Jinping greenlighting Vladimir Putin's most recent invasion of Ukraine, provided he didn't do it while their genocide games, as I call them, their Olympics, were underway. So once they were done, boom, he was off to the races, and they were all in. Now, they thought, I think, it was going to wind up better than it has, but I'm very concerned that we now have seen a kind of black hole develop where our money, our energy, and our weapons are now being poured seemingly endlessly, 
at a moment when I fear, as I said, that shooting war with China may be at our doorstep. And so I'm I'm concerned. I wish that there were a way to help the people of Ukraine in their hour of need, not this government per se, but the people there without further endangering our own and our vital interests. And I haven't figured out how to do that, to be honest with you. So I feel conflicted. What you did figure out is how not to go to a nuclear war. What people like you in government understood is that even though there were political differences, at least there was a commonality of a respect for humanity, which does not exist anymore. We were better off when people like you were in government. I'm better off when you come on my show. I promise I'll start with a good question next time. In the meantime, he is Frank Gaffney. Thank you so much for the book, The Indictment, and and making time for me. I really appreciate it, Frank. All the questions were good. I just look forward to the next time to answer more of them. Take good care, my friend. God bless. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I've had fun doing the interviews today. I like when I don't necessarily agree on everything with the guests, but I only have guests on who are intellectually honest about the possibility that they're wrong. That's important. And I thought Frank gave a thoughtful answer, although I may not agree. Still thought it was thoughtful. Frank in Chicago, not so much. Hi, Frank. Hey, Sean, what's up? I can't believe I got you. Yeah, you get me. Yes, I'm interested in what your perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, my wife's from Ukraine. I'm Italian, and uh, where she's from, you know, they've lost about sixteen thousand people. I always hear these people like Frank Gaffney, part of the establishment, that never met to that stuff. No, he admitted. You know I thought mean? he did. Maybe I misunderstood him. I th- see. The thing about Gaffney is he worked for a Democrat, worked for Reagan, was part of the uh, nuclear defense plan of Reagan. And didn't want to see war. That's how I took him. So when I asked him that question, he said, I'm of two minds on it. He acknowledges the fact of the mayhem that's going on. As he acknowledged the fact of what I said, the civil war that went on before Putin's invasion. There's a lot of history only your wife understands. How long has this been going on? 400 years? It's a long time. But the thing is, they'll never admit to that, you know, the, right prior to the war and Putin's bad, you know. Hey, you're moving NATO at the border. We have the Monroe uh, Doctrine. You can never do that here. Why would he allow to? You, you heard me agree with you. You and I share the same perspective. Um, the other thing hey, is that I find this astonishing is there's not one American reporter on the ground in a war zone. I don't remember yeah, ever in, my histo- in the history of this country us not having war correspondence. Do you? No, you're right. And, Sean, I used to make all the biscotti for Ganella. One day I'm going to drop them off by the cigar store. Oh, my grandmother made the biscotti. I miss it. All right, I can't wait, Frank. You tell your wife I said hello. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's go to somebody who likes a biscotti. Only if it's a dozen. And he calls it a pre-appetizer. Cream Puff Jim, you fat bastard. How you doing? How are you? You know, I got a couple of small problems. I wanted to get my pension raised. Oh. I wanted to hear you. got a couple of small pimples on your inner thighs. You got more than problems. Go ahead. You're trying to get a hearing from the Supreme Court, but my, I've, I've got an Irish attorney who always speaks Gaelic. So he suggested to me, he suggested to me, he said, 
I wait until uh, the Democrats. Uh, it, after, uh, so you want to get your mystical, election. you want to get your I, mystical I, I, magical I, pension increase? I'm going to get an increase because the, but we need about fourteen more. We need about four or five more judges at the Supreme Court to hear the <laughs> hear the case. You get that Irish guy. He'll get your property taxes lowered, and you can exp- have him explain to me how the hell you get a pension not on a return on investment. Can you have that? You know something? You've inspired me. I think I'm going to bring a case to the Supreme Court against your position. Why are we paying these people on anything other than a return on investment? Oh, I understand. Well, you pretended know, to be I, a Democrat. I, yeah. yeah. I like to go to the uh, you know the, the risk Carlton. You know, I do these sure. cases I've been taking are. Yeah. You know, these I, are really I'd like to go to the Ritz Carlton and see you go through the revolving door. <laughs> That'll be a comedy show. You'd be stuck I'm in there for three hours. Be stuck in there for three hours. Rich in Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, another great show. Oh, thank you. Rich, I'm going to do you a favor, babe. You're on the chipmunk line. We're going to have Squirrel Settle at Craig Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Anytime. I was waiting a while. My phone went dead, and I had to get that thing back on another charger. I've been having some trouble with it. Hey, but, listen, uh, it's a popular yeah. show. we got a lot of guests. we got a lot going on. Come on, now. Take advantage of your time. Don't complain about what you didn't get. No, no, no. Hey, I deserve. I mean, you uh, you deserve that popularity, brother. You're bringing it. You're bringing it day in day out. So that's there's no problem there. All right. I heard on a program today they were talking about this principal. It's a woman principal. She's talking about this about this uh, ruling and all that stuff like that. And she made the comment. It was uh, that oh, we're going to have to change our way of teaching. We're going to have to change our uh, methods. I mean, and I thought to myself. What the heck? What does this ruling have to do? What is she talking? I think it was a Freudian slip. That, in other words, they're selective on like getting um, some kind of different people, and now with different people, they got to teach. You, you might be able to sort it out, but I don't know what the heck they are. They are frauds and liars and swindlers, and they have but one trick: they pretend to be virtuous. You see, when you listen to them talk, you can figure out who the real racist, who the real fascist, who the real tyrant is. And there is a model for what this little dictator in the making wants to do. Just look at China, Cuba, North Korea, Afghanistan or Iran, where the government censors the media or force feeds a strict conservative religious ideology. to. See, Joy Reid is an affirmative action Harvard graduate. She's too stupid to realize she is a part of the fascistic American party called the Democrat Mafia. Children in schools deploys morality police to make sure you're wearing what they want, learning what they want. Like a mask? Like, uh, what's that, DEI, ESG, and all that other affirmative action bulldog, right, Joy Reid? You're describing yourself, stupid. Doing what they want. That model also happens to have a name, and it's called totalitarianism. You mean like forced vaccines, mask mandates, taking people's businesses away, making it so they can't go see their relatives as they die in a hospital? I mean, how much longer we have to pretend that these people are not the Fourth Reich? Because I'm not good at it. They are the Fourth Reich. And by the way, they're crooked as Grand Avenue. Is she, she, she a senior citizen? Yeah. Couldn't be her. How about $18,850? I doubt that. Maybe 800 Okay. But not 8000 No, there must be an error. I don't keep that much in my account. I would notice $47,000. My God. $199,000, basically $200,000 over two years. Does that make sense? No. See, James O'Keefe has exposed a true money scheme where they use registered Democrats as stooges. 
and they donate to their mafia through their names. Massive amounts of money. These are mostly poor people, mostly senior citizens. Like all con artists, they take advantage of the elderly. And I don't just mean Joe Biden. We don't even have $89,000 to be given out like that. Like, like physically, we don't have that kind of money. We're wondering if these donors are victims of what appears to be a money laundering scheme. Does the frequency ring a bell that you're donating that much every, like, 10 times a day sometimes? No. 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 Those probably aren't mine. That's got to be in somebody else's name because I really haven't given that many. There's some days it says, like, you've donated seven times in one day. No. Yeah. I did not make a flurry of, you know. One would remember that. Yeah. I should think that I would have been suspicious and not been in touch with me. All old people, and they're abusing them. They abuse the elderly, and they abuse the children. They're Democrats. This is something that you guys can do. Very easy to do. A lot of homes with bizarre amounts of data showing tens of thousands of contributions made through different uh, uh, different contributors here. It's always about the money. And that's why they have the oligarchs and the schemes. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. It's been a long scheme. It's called the Democrat Mafia. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Hey, let's go, Brandon. I keep it drawn like I'm you believe that this idiot, did you let's see him walk Brandon. off the Anime set real, they just like a hey, drunk hey, baby hey, on wet grass? When you ask questions, Moron. They They're hey, still rolling, hey, stupid. Hey, Rich, Indian go, Head Park. Hey, Sean. Did you see him try to get hey. off the chair, Rich? Who's that? The dimwit in diapers pretending to be president. Did you watch him on MSNBC? Oh, he gets up. She's no, still I talking. Didn't. She's going, don't go anywhere. Moron walks away with that dementia-glazed face. Go ahead. Oh, God. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this government nowadays, uh, if you don't agree with them, everything is racist. When people say that we should show an ID for uh, voting, they say it's racist. It has nothing to do with uh, being racist. We're not asking just the blacks to show an ID. We want everybody to show an ID. And then they talk about privilege. There's no, there's no white privilege. If you're born in this country, you're born with privilege. There's nothing to do with the skin color. And the then similarities. they this uh, critical race theory mm-hmm. where they say that whites have advantages over blacks. If you work hard in this country, you can accomplish anything you want. It's got nothing to do with... Uh, there's the a schematic to government supremacy. And what they're implementing is the modern version of the Third Reich's implementation of the exact same thing. The only difference was the attack was on the Jewish people. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. You know what their first allegation was, right? That they were nonconformists. They were two individualists. And they were capitalists. And then they started to talk about all the privileges they had. And then they started to implement the idea that the government could pick winners and losers. The only difference was they had uh, Hugo Boss uniforms, and they were a little thinner than the new modern-day Marxists. What's this girl's name in uh, Wisconsin, Honey Bunny? This Jackson? Latanya Jackson. Here's the kind of respect elected officials have. This one's from Wisconsin. Latanya Jackson. It makes me smile. The suburbs. Because they don't know a damn thing. 
about how life is in the city. Eric Adams also displaying the uh, the statesman that he is. By the way, this is a woman who lives on subsidized rent, and what she's complaining about is she didn't get the, the increase she was promised. Now watch how he spins this. It's brilliant. Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't do, be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city, and treat me with the respect I, would, I deserve to be treated. I'm- how about if I treat you like the failure you are? Like the absolute failure. And I want to know, failure, bust out, dimwit, how'd you buy the $6,000 suit? Huh, whore? I'm asking you, whore. Speaking to you as an adult, don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you Ooh. own. Give See, me you the get res- it? He said plantation wow. because he's black. Forget about the fact that she is on welfare. He's black and she's going to ask him a question of why she didn't get the increase that he promised her when he, she voted for him. And all of a sudden, she's a slave master. Respect I deserve and engage in a conversation up here in Washington Heights. Treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. I think we should start treating them with the same respect they treat us. You see, you take my money. Hey, whore. You take my money. And then you give it to your friends. And then you steal it. Um, And the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. You know what I want? I want my money. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. He gets to stay in office just like our fascist dictator, right? Where is the dimwit? Where is he? We cannot let this decision be the last word. We cannot let this decision be the last word. Shut up, you dementia-ridden fraud whore. 30 seconds, that's all I got. I want to take Mike in Griffin, Indiana. Mike, I will take you tomorrow. I'm sorry, babe. Fastest show on radio. Truly is the fastest show on radio. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is almost is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling. Malcolm X hated Joe Biden, too. We'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. <laughs>